Welcome back to The Reboot Show. I'm your host, Sally A. Illingworth. I'm excited to be joined today by the Global Chief Information Officer of Fox, Ravi Malik, the Head of Technology Services um, for the APAC region at TAG, Philip Yao, and of course, our resident technology panelist, Luke Stowe. During this discussion, our panelists will unpack how CISOs, CIOs, and CTOs can detect, contain, and remediate against the growing threats of ransomware, malware, and other cybersecurity breaches to their content cloud processes. Importantly, our panelists will unpack how your organization can, one, develop a content security strategy to reduce unauthorized activity and access, Two, securely remove content silos to ensure frictionless security and maintain productivity across teams within your business. And three, implement intelligent content monitoring and logging to manage security risks and protect against cyber attacks. We've got a lot to get through today during this important panel with a box on the reboot show. For our audience, please use the Q&A box below to submit your questions to our panelists. So Ravi, to kick off, it'd be great to hear from you. You have extensive experience dealing with technology in enterprise environments. And importantly, you have global perspectives on the importance of IT governance frameworks. So when we think about content and the role of content in a digital first world, where does a technology executive even start when it comes to considering the role of technology across their business? Thanks, Sally. Uh, thank you for the, the intro and uh, extensive experience. Okay. Um, it's probably reflected in, uh, in the gray that I have uh, and lack of hair. Um, yeah, great question. Great start. Um, you know, I think first and foremost of an executive sitting down and really starting to think about content. So, you know, checkbox number one, right? So it, it, it is strategic. It is something that, that they need to think about and they need to you know, think about the same way that they would a data strategy, right? If you have a data strategy, then you need to have a content strategy. Um, you know, if you think about what do I have in my content, right? What What's in it? And, you know, I, the, the way I've always thought about it is that, you know, work, uh, particularly in a digital world, you know, when we're collaborating and, you know, across country lines and globally, et cetera, you know, work typically starts with some kind of content, right? It's, you know, it's a PowerPoint presentation, you know, or a presentation or a document or a spreadsheet, um, you know, or it might be a video you know, or, you know, some kind of, you know, pictures or, or you know, if you're doing design, it, work seems to start with content in some way, right? And so you start to think about that and you extrapolate it and you go, okay, well, man, that must mean a lot of my, you know, innovation and new ideas and thoughts are, are in my content, right? You start to understand the importance of it, right? So, you know, if you look back maybe 10, 15 years ago, people really started to understand the value of data, right? And the data and how they can unlock insights and, you know, get, uh, drive a more personal and frictionless customer experience, right? It was all data and analytics, right? Big data, big data, big data. Like what, you know, are you getting at your data? Are you using your data the right way? You know, I think the next wave of that is content. I mean, content is effectively data. It's unstructured data, right? But there is a lot of important information in that content and a lot of insight you can gain from it, how your teams are working together, what's important, what are they focused on? You know, so if we start to elevate content to that strategic level, right, and you think about how do I manage content, how do I secure content, how do I unlock value uh, of my content and enable people more, you know, uh, drive more productivity, I think that's, you know, that's the first, that's the first step to start thinking about and understanding and inventory, right, where do I have content? 
You know, I think a lot of times uh, execs, you know, will find that they've got content in silos, right? I've got content all over the place on people's machines, you know, in different applications. And so, you know, similar to data, don't view data as a byproduct of an application. View data as what's core and strategic enterprise. Same thing with content. Don't view content as a byproduct of activity. View content as the start of it, as the center of it. And so do you think, Ravi, just quickly, that we're, you know, particularly at an executive level, we're trying to play catch up in terms of securing content, much like we had with data, where all of a sudden we were processing and producing so much data and then everyone's like, oh, no, we need a data strategy. We need to figure out how we're protecting this. Is the same thing happening with content as we've digitized so many um, facets of business? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's spot on, Sally. Like the, the same thing is happening, right? We, we have to have a strategy for our content. Um, you know, the keys to the kingdom are often in the content, right? If you think about M&A, right? So exchanging of information and, you know, what's in spreadsheets and financials and, uh, you know, uh, product presentations and new ideas, right? Those That's all locked in content. Um, you know, and you think about, what the bad actors, you know, and the, and the folks that are, you know, trying to get in and, and take advantage of that information, that's kind of what they're looking for, right? They're looking for that content, something I can monetize, you know, that is a value that I can either hold, hold hostage, right? Or, you know, I can leverage in some other way, right? Whether it's customer information, billing, you know, POs uh, purchasing and invoices being paid. I mean, all of that sits in content in the PDF doc or some kind of doc, right? And that that is, you know, it, it, again, it's it's a it's a huge part and core of the enterprise and, and how most companies work. Yeah, it certainly is. And it's something that we've got to be incredibly mindful of. And, and Philip, I'm keen to hear from you because I understand that TAG has been working with Box to, in effect, pilot the platform um, and sort of discover how the capabilities can support your business, given you have teams working remotely across the world and you're often dealing with, one, a lot of content, but two, in many cases, um, sensitive um, content that you need to manage effectively. So as a technology executive, where did you start with assessing how the capabilities of Box could address the unique challenges of your business and how top of mind have security considerations for content been throughout that process for you? Yeah, Sally, good question, sir. Um, I think before I go into that, uh, it's important to know what Tag Worldwide does as a company. We're a leading global creative production and sourcing partner for brands and agencies. So what that means is that uh, for the client, uh, they would have the big idea for the campaign launch. They provide us a brief. We would execute that uh, brief by collaborating with studios around the world, clients and suppliers. We maintain that brand consistency throughout the production process, resulting in the final deliverables to the client, whether it's digital or print. So in terms of challenges on working, you know, we're collaborating on digital content within the studios, account teams and clients. These could be, you know, large video files for post-production work or uh, image files, you know, for the design and artwork. Um, and, you know, with the traditional on-site service topology, we're restricted to, you know, VPN requirements for security, you know, to access them remotely. And that became more apparent with the um, pandemic 
you know, many of us staff were starting to work from home and, you know, have access issues, etc. Uh, then there's a continued demand on storage uh, space, as well as security requirements to prevent attacks like ransomware. So in APAC, um, we started to test some cloud tools in the market, but we came across, you know, various challenges. I think the first one must be security. Um, with us dealing with the client's content, the security aspect is really non-negotiable. And with Box, you know, you can find on the Box Trust, uh, you know, site every security certification or compliance acknowledgement you can imagine. Mm. You know, in, in Tag we have a very strict cyber security team, mm. and on their um, assessment of Box security's compliance, it passed with flying colours. So that was great. I think secondly, the, I mentioned earlier, the file storage limitations, you know, that we're dealing with large content, large files. And once it exceeds so much in other platforms, the charges, we mount, you know, they'll mount up. But with Box, that's not the case. Mm. Um, and I think lastly, the accessibility and speed, that's really important for us when we're moving files at a pace. You know, our, our kind of um, purpose is to deliver the final production, speed to market for our clients. So with some tools, they can't be accessed in China or they're very slow in APAC countries. And that's because the hosting servers are based outside of APAC, you know, in USA, et cetera. But with Box, you know, the geolocator can be set to closer proximity uh, countries. And that's, you know, the speeds are excellent in that case. I love how you mentioned that security is non-negotiable. I think that's a really good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, it's interesting that you say that the process with the client starts with the brief, because that goes back to what you were saying, Ravi, where every business process starts with content, really, at the end of the day. Now, Luke, I understand you've held executive roles with um, a large number of businesses, including Telstra, Cathay Pacific Airways, and a range of energy and utilities businesses where security of sensitive data is really quite fundamental um, to operations of those firms. So how have you seen the role of the CIO change, particularly as content has increasingly been digitized? Um, and how has this changed the demands of a CIO in uh, 2021 and beyond? Yeah, it's a great question, Sally, and an important one for this conversation. I, look, I listened to Ravi and, and Philip, and um, you know, this really is a modern issue. Uh, for the modern CIO, uh, you know, content, as Ravi put it, is just as important as data. It probably didn't have the same, um, you know, contextualised um, visibility within organisations that this could cause us risk if we don't uh, manage our content securely. And I think Ravi put that quite well. You know, when you look at uh, global businesses, we're having a global conversation today. Ravi's in uh, the US, you know, Philip's in Hong Kong, we're in Australia. Um, businesses operate on a global scale majority of the time these days, and, and particularly in regulatory and compliance uh, uh, factored environments, uh, managing content is really going to be critical moving forward for those organisations. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in running a lot of the transformations that I've run, one of the major uh, objectives we've always had has been empowering people at the front line and people within the organisation who are dealing with customers and dealing with their uh, peers to be able to get things out the, out the door. And, um, you know, getting the right amount of information to them at the right time is really crucial in that. And so 
when you think about a cloud-based platform that enables content sharing across the organization and externally with third parties that you may partner with or that you're doing business with, and it's all secure, and you can do that without losing any of the productivity, uh, you know, it's an amazing thing that we have now at our disposal uh, as a CIO to be able to get that content and to put it into a common shared platform for our for our business. Uh, building this into the workflow is the final point, I think, is that once you can build that into the workflow and you can seamlessly uh, manage content uh, through its life cycle, version, manage it, control it, and have security baked around it, on a um, on a global geography scale, uh, that's that's a real game changer for a CIO, particularly the modern CIO, where there's so much content um, that is now uh, it used to be just websites, but now it's digital content everywhere. And you know that, that's without going into M and A uh, documentation, customer uh, lists, and briefing material. You know where you've got lots of sensitive information. So. Uh, when I hear Philip and Ravi talk about, uh, you know, Box and what they're using it for, you know, it's very exciting. It's very exciting for someone who's embarking on a digital transformation to be able to include Box as part of that, um, you know, as part of that ecosystem. Now, I love how you highlight the importance of, you know, as a CIO or a technology executive wanting to ensure that the systems enable your team so that they can still do their jobs as effectively and as productively as possible. Um and, and I've got a question for you, Ravi, but before we get there, Philip, I'd love to hear your thoughts briefly on that because, you know, I, I suspect within your business, it's quite important um, based on the nature of your business for your teams to be able to go back and forth very quickly with clients. So safeguarding that external collaboration is really quite key. Um, so in your experience to date with Box, how has that experience been and has it created friction um, for external collaboration or has it been quite seamless for you? Um, we, we've just, you know, embarked on the journey and, you know, the initial kind of collaboration that we've had with the client has been very smooth and, you know, seamless, if I could say that. You know, um, historically in our nature of business, we're using all kinds of tools to exchange files internally and externally. And, you know, when, when that happens, you'll have your usual challenges of security, obviously, you know, especially when it's external, because, you know, we're dealing with campaign launches, which, you know, they've, they've not gone out yet. You know, it's like pre-launch. So those must be, you know, they're confidential. So the way that we transfer files back and forth must be secure. Yeah, certainly. Now, one of the conversations that always comes up when we think about new technologies, new applications, new platforms is legacy. Um, and some people probably cite that, but it always comes up. <laughs> and keeping content secure can come with challenges, um, particularly when we appreciate the nature of legacy systems. Um, so, Ravi, in your experience, what are your views on how tech organizations can seek to, you know, perhaps modernize their technology to improve their security posture, especially when it comes to the sharing of content internally and externally across countless devices, countless applications? Um, should they be perceiving legacy systems as an inhibitor? Uh, maybe, yes, at times, you know, it, it gets back to, right, it, you know, 
if you have a content strategy, right, and you start going about figuring out where do I have content, right? Where is it locked in silos? And then, you know, I have Box as my cloud content management platform, and I'm going to work to move that content, right? So by doing that, you're removing some of the friction and some of the weight, right, uh, of the legacy system. I'm, you know, call it technical debt, right? So, you know, I'm paying down some of my technical debt by moving some of that content, right, and using the integration capabilities of Box, you know, uh, to to centralize and and manage and secure that content. Mm-hmm. You know, legacy systems. I mean, it, it's it's something that you know most CIOs have to deal with. You know, at some point, right? And and in our industry, where things move so fast, I mean, you can be a startup, and within two or three years, you're you're dealing with legacy, you know, mm-hmm. systems and technology. Anyways, um, you know, I think the. The, the way I've always viewed it is you've got to figure out, right, that those are things you have to, they have to be part of your run strategy, right? So you've got, you know, and if you're, if you're coming to a situation where you have, you know, a 15-year ERP that hasn't been upgraded ever, you know, or, um, you know, I have some other, you know, critical applications, uh, you know, that are, that haven't been patched, et cetera, you know, there's, there's always this kind of concept of how do I continue to make those secure? How do I modernize them? How do I integrate with them? And I think you've you, you got to start at the core, right? You've got to build it in your plan that you're going to modernize and it's going to be part of it. And I, you know, the the situation a lot of companies, you know, end up getting themselves into is they, they view those things as sort of, you know, discernible decisions to make. Do I upgrade, right? What's the business value? What business value? What new capabilities am I getting by upgrading my ERP? Well, yeah, okay, that's a good question to have, but also it's like, well, you kind of, you've invested in this thing. You probably spent a lot of money implementing and continuing to maintain it. Like, why all of a sudden does that become a decision? Like, continue to monitor, right? You've got to upgrade. You've got to continue to do that. You've got to, you know, work the roadmap to stay current because, and I've experienced this in in, in a number of situations, right? You're going to pay for it one way or the other. And you're either going to pay for it now or you're going to pay for it later, right? I mean, that's just that's how debt works, right? You're going to accrue interest, and you know, you if you pay for it now, you pay less. If you pay for it later, you probably play, pay more. You see a lot of companies, you know, they'll spend a lot of effort because potentially the business value isn't there for the upgrade, or they're worried about the disruption, which you know, these are certainly valid concerns. But then you spend a ton of money, you know, and and layer on these other apps and other things around it, right? I got to segment and I got to, you know, segment my network. I got to make sure, you know, all my user access and, you know, is is super secure and, you know, I got to manage the privilege access users. And so a lot of this money gets spent on the layers on top when if you kind of, if you broke it down and looked at it, that effort, you know, and the money spent probably fairly similar. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think it's, it's again, it's that's got to be part of the run strategy. Right. And those are difficult conversations a lot of time for CIO to have. Right. Because a lot of times, you know, you do get pepper with those. Like, well, what's the business value? Oh, there's, well, you know, OK, you get these new features. Well, I don't really get anything new. Right. And then the discussion around security is really it's, it's super, super hard. Right. Because your best outcome is nothing happens. Right. Your best outcome for security is you never have anything happen. You don't have a breach. You don't have an issue. No, you know, data doesn't leak. It's like, you know, so it's like the insurance policy, right? I'm going to spend a bunch of money and you're telling me, okay, my best outcome is nothing happens. Now, I think if you start to flip the conversation around what's the business value of security, right? Like, so 
it, you know, in Tag's case, perfect example, right? I've got confidential campaigns. The business value of security is maintaining the confidentiality of those campaigns. That has real business value, right? And I think you're starting to see, particularly with content, how that conversation is changing, right? There is real business value to making sure you have secured your content, you are in compliance, you are applying, you know, the things, the rules, the governance you need for, con- for content, and that does have business value. Yeah, I think you raise a really good challenge, Ravi, that a lot of um, technology executives experience, which is trying to demonstrate the business value of doing it. But to your point, I think the key takeaway there is you either pay for it now and you pay for it later. Um, And perhaps if you don't pay for it now, you'll be paying for it later in the form of a cybersecurity breach, which is going to cost you likely a lot more money. Yeah. Just quickly, I'm keen to hear your thoughts because I know, um, particularly in certain highly regulated industries, say health, for example, Mm. often these businesses, one, are dealing with a lot of sensitive information, but two, they tend to be quite slow movers sometimes when it comes to modernising their technology. Uh, And I know at one point in time, uh, you've worked specifically in the health sector dealing with, um, you know, the migration to um, electronic medical records. So to Ravi's point around you know, having um, the upgrading, if you like, of legacy as a part of your run strategy, which is crucial. What are your views on this, particularly for those slow-moving organisations that perhaps don't have that much technology expertise in-house? They just want to delay it. They don't want to deal with it. They've got too many regulations. What are your views? Well, it comes down to two things. And I think uh, we, you know, we're we're discussing those two things uh, today in that one is productivity, you know, how do I use the information at hand to make a difference with what I'm what I'm doing as an organisation or a business? And then two, how do I make sure that that's secure um, and reliable and I'm, I'm meeting all the regulatory and compliance um, obligations that I have as an organisation, as a business, and doing the right thing? And, you know, when you look at those two things, um, as, as Ravi's just saying, you know, Box simplifies these things down. So... You know, when I've got legacy systems, I might have pieces of content in each of those legacy systems. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and for us to operate, we might have to go from one system to another to be able to get uh, at that content and get at the pieces of content that, you know, complete the workflow that I'm working on. But if, if that's all in the one location and through um, capabilities of Box, we're able to say... Uh, here's who can have access to this piece of content and here's who can have access to this other piece of content um, and that's uh, managed and monitored, then, um, you know, that just is a game changer in the way that I complete my tasks because now I've got um, an end-to-end platform that I can base uh, my end-to-end workflow around. And so this is why I think that point's really important. You know, when we talk about frictionless, we're talking about the fact that uh, Box has simplified um, the access uh, and the requirements for access to content right across the, the landscape, allowing productivity, but also ensuring that that security is in place. Now, this is this is you know a real feature of Box. Box basically looks at the content, and if it's got any suspicious values in it, if there's any data tags or any elements of that that looks suspicious. Well, then it can quarantine it. It can let the user know. The user can still work on the content, but it can be quarantined. And it also can let the administrators know. So this is powerful in that 
you know, no matter what geography you're working across, no matter how dispersed your business is, some of the organisations we're dealing with have got 500 to 700 hospitals, you know, worldwide. You can imagine that amount of content that is across the globe that they have to manage. And when it comes to the seriousness of medical, um, medical uh, data and information and content, then having that capability across the board is going to really uh, be beneficial. So, yeah, look, I'm, I'm completely uh, a fan of this new technology. I think that this will make uh, organisations who are really wanting to get the best out of those workflows, um, it, it, it'll, it'll be a game changer for them. Can I, sorry, sorry, can I just tag on to that? Because I love, you know, frictionless, I think is, a, is just a, a, is probably the best word, right? You could take this because, you know, when you think about security, your biggest risk is, is people, right? I mean, what's your most unpredictable aspect of your organization? It's a person, right? And, and being able to protect people without impacting their productivity, right? Because we, I think we all know security can be and can increase friction <laughs> at times, right? And it's been known to do that. But if you can take a frictionless approach, right? So you're still enabling productivity, but you're protecting people against themselves in the background, right? And not limiting that productivity and not impacting it. Like, I think that's, you know, that's a power of our, of our platform, uh, you know, and, and the reason why you, you need to think about platform for content, you know, similar as you would think about, hey, I use CRM for, to manage my customers, right? I have a, a Salesforce platform, you know, to manage, you know, my, my sales activities. I might have a, a marketing platform, right? I mean, the same, you got to think about it same way for content. And, you know, Ravi, just it's a great point because, you know, you may even see operations, business operations and, you know, uh, marketing co content people even start to like the security people again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah, they, 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 they are no longer the business prevention, right? It's the business enablement <laughs> department. It's not the business prevention department. <laughs> That's got to make some security people happy. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah definitely. Business prevention. So I, what you're both certainly highlighting is that I think the integrations component in particular and the capabilities box offers there, um, you know, alongside the, the ability to, to monitor and log content, you know, it enables you to, you know, have multiple things uh, addressed in parallel, if you like. So one of the key takeaways I'm getting from this is productivity, security, legacy modernization, um, and then also enablement of your people, I think is a key message here. Um, and Philip, I'm keen to hear from you. So from a legacy perspective, I understand, uh, you know, and you mentioned some of the uh, challenges earlier, but in your business, there's sort of a handful of legacy elements, if you like, or traditional um, approaches of the business that have perhaps, um, you know, raised some uh, some challenges or hurdles to overcome for your business. For example, the use of VPNs, um, you mentioned content storage limits. Um, so if we use Ravi's words for a second and think about as you've started to pilot Box, how are you now considering Box as a part of your, uh, your overall run strategy for your business? And in particular, how Box can support TAG, um, perhaps globally, eventually, um, with overcoming some of the challenges of legacy for your business specifically. Yeah, and uh, funnily enough, enough, you know, our light bulb moment started with us recommending Box to one of our global clients at Australia. Um, you know, it's a global manufacturer of, uh, and marketer of prestige skincare makeup fragrance and hair care products. So you can guess who that client is, but they were going to invest in servers, storage, etc. 
and they had allocated a, you know, a huge budget for that. But my Australia IT colleague, uh, Lang, he managed to convince them of a box solution, which resulted in huge savings for them. And you know, with that, we were collaborating with us, Tag, for the campaign work. Now, that ease of implementation, coinciding with the ever-increasing cost on our SharePoint, you know, storage, um, prospective uh, office move at Sydney at the time, um, where we had, you know, we had the existing file service and storage. With that, it means maintenance, license costs, backup tapes, etc. All that, you know, along with the continuous um, security needs, that made me think of a simpler cloud strategy was required. And in terms of security, what many people forget is that we have to be very responsive to patches, you know, upgrades that combat the latest security threats. And with, you know, a solution like Box, we have the peace of mind, that's all taken care of for us. Yeah. And that gives us a valuable time back, you know, as those activities are usually done, you know, over the weekends, you know, by, by IT teams. Mm. So, Although we're embarking on this journey with Box with an impact, I mean, the need is there from the business globally, you know, as we adopt new ways of working from home and the office, you know, utilizing the cloud for collaborating securely so that tech can deliver at speed to our global clients. So that discussion will be ongoing and, you know, will continue. Now that's very, very exciting for TAG. And I appreciate you sharing the story um, about that sort of use case uh, with the client of TAGs. I think that's really quite fascinating. And in particular for Box, that's very, very exciting. Um, now, I'm mindful of time, um, but I just wanted to, you know, as, as we've been having this discussion today, I think we're certainly focusing on the security element. But I think one of the key capabilities of Box, you know, as you seek to implement Box is that you then have centralised management and oversight of all of your content. And, you know, making data-driven decisions is a growing uh, top-of-mind conversation uh, for many people across many functions um, and facets of business. You know, we're all wanting to understand how can we get data and then draw insights from it to make better decisions in the future. So, we might start with you, Ravi, and then I'm keen to hear your thoughts um, as well on this, Luke. Uh, so when it comes to consolidating content management and then being able to, in effect, you know, analyse and draw insights from the content activity across your business, I mean, what value does this offer to technology executives, but also business executives when it comes to uh, making future decisions around uh, optimising their investments, for example, when it comes to deciding where they're going to invest money to support with productivity. I mean, surely there's a lot of benefit that comes from that and centralizing everything to get rid of these content silos. There's, there's an immense amount of business value in that, even if you can't quantify it when you're pulling together the project plan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, similar to with data, I think people started to see what data was important to them by virtue of what people were accessing it, how it was being used how frequently it was being used, um, you know, the iterations and other kind of, you know, uh, analytics and, you know, data needs that it spawned. I think you can look at content the same way, right? You can go and look at, you know, hey, you know, how many times are people looking at, you know, the latest company strategy, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, it looks like, 
not many people are interested in that. Uh, you know, well, I wonder why that is. Maybe we need to rethink our strategy. I don't know. You know, but I think you know you get you can get insights by you know what people like what you make available and how people work with it and how people interact with it. You know, I you know it, when I when I think about kind of where the future of content goes. And, you know, we've we've looked at this and we've played around with this in our platform and we'll continue to do so is that, you know, how do you improve collaboration and, and productivity, right, by providing those insights, you, you start a project, you know, you start something and by looking at that content, you know, we can do the analysis and go, oh, you know, hey, that's a, you know, that's a new product idea you should make sure that you invite these three people because that's part of the, you know, new product introduction process. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think you, you, when you start to think about, right, how core content is to the enterprise and then, you know, leveraging a platform to do that, you can start thinking about these, okay, what kinds of insights, do, you know, can I get on this, right? Um, you know, looking at, at marketing campaigns, right? And and what's the response internally on a marketing campaign? What's the response externally on a marketing campaign? If you're integrated, you know, your website, um, how, what content are our customers accessing most frequently? What are they looking at, right? And that can drive proactive engagement with the customers uh, on, you know, on certain topics. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's data, right? It's, it's like, so you can apply the same kinds of theories uh, and the same kinds of, um, you know, use cases that you've, we've seen evolve in the, in the, you know, in the data segment uh, to content, right? It's just, you just got to apply, you know, you apply the same model and the same thinking uh, and, and, you know, really elevate it from a, hey, I just need some place to store this, right? I just need to consolidate it, right? I mean, that's, Okay, that's good, but there's you know, take it up a level, right? What what is it's data? There's got to be value there, right? There's got to be something that maybe we're missing. You know, maybe we can leverage because um, I, I mean I know there is for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and Sally, just listening to Ravi talk through that, I think, and 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 what Philip said in particular, like around. You know that return on investment that um, I heard Philip talk about. I mean, you know, I got to tell you, in running the digital transformations that I've been involved in, one of the um, you know the most difficult parts is explaining to the executive and board why we're making this investment in this type of technology. Mm. And if you think about um, you know having uh, a content management system that enables reuse of content across the enterprise, helps your version manage it, uh, the content that you've got, removes that content technical debt or content debt that you, you're amassing as an organization, just not even knowing where all your content is. Uh, being able to frictionally, you know, don't have any friction in the way that you're working across the organization with that workflow, as I, as I keep saying. And then translating that uh, into a secure uh, uh, platform that, that protects your content and protects your organization from um, inappropriate access of that content, uh, warns you against ransomware and malware. I mean, we are talking about an investment here that is really game-changing. And, you know, like in all my experience with technology platforms, this just rockets to the top of the list because... Um, it's an easy conversation. It's a really easy conversation. I'm going to be more 
uh, I'm going to help with productivity, but I'm going to do it securely. Mm. And I'm going to take away all those costs uh, that Philip quite um, eloquently put uh, in, in maintaining all this other uh, capability that I no longer need. Because now I don't need the masses of, you know, uh, internal websites that people can access to team. I can have that all built into my workflow and I can manage that content um, centrally and I can, um, you know, move it fast between departments. So for me, this is a, a real uh, return on investment um, uh, technology choice that's making the decision for you. And I think the ability to to draw the insights and Ravi, I love how you mentioned that, you know, people even reading our business strategy. I think that's just a, like, that's a modern, reasonable consideration. I know even in my work, I always wonder, oh, I send all this stuff to, you know, whether it's a client or a colleague, do they even look at it? I want to know if they look at it or am I sort of, you know, wasting my time or is there a better way to do this to understand how they're actually consuming that content? So, I think that's absolutely game-changing um, and something to, to what you've highlighted here, Ravi, and that's threaded throughout this entire conversation. Drawing those sorts of insights from content activity is going to be just as valuable um, as what we're already doing, many organisations are doing, um, from a data perspective around other facets of business. Now, mindful of time, um, but I do want to hear from each of you, what is your biggest takeaway from this discussion, um, particularly when we put CIOs, CTOs, CISOs front of mind? Philip, can we start with you? Yeah, um, you know, very interesting question, Sally, today. And, you know, a few keywords kept popping up, like content strategy, collaboration, security, and insights, which is very interesting. Uh, one thing that kind of resonates is business value, because for any decision on any, you know, IT products or services, there must be business value. Uh, and that was, you know, something that you mentioned, Ravi. Uh, for me, you know, for that business value, three things, savings, critical, as always, you know, IT is always looking to cut costs um, and, and to make savings. Uh, and, and Box, you know, definitely can, um, you know, help achieve that. Second is compliance. Compliance, you know, is, is the security aspect is so critical and you know when Ravi you made the, the kind of reference to insurance you're paying for something that usually never happens but with security it's exactly the same we have to be you know compliant not for our internal but also on the client's perspective as well there are many cases that we kind of use systems without the client's agreement and assessments of what tools we are using yeah so that's really important. And lastly, I think um, the speed and collaboration, because with the collaboration uh, and the speed of the, you know, with the box contents, you know, on the cloud and secure, secured uh, contents around that, we can deliver campaigns faster, you know, the final production files and artwork, et cetera, to the clients at speed. So that's really important. I love that. Savings, compliance, and then speed and collaboration. Yeah. That's brilliant. Luke, let's go to you and then we'll wrap up with Ravi. Well, look, I think Philip has actually put it really well. And, I, you know, I, I think confidence is something that keeps coming to mind for me is that, you know, I, I would, you know, feel this sense of confidence that, you know, we can collaborate with confidence here and we know we've got these security guardrails to protect us and, and there's, you know, um, it's removing risk of not being compliant and not meeting the regulatory obligations. So I think anyone who's in those environments where you've got 
you know, which is just about everyone, let's face it, these days with uh, regulations and, and compliance, you know, um, this is, this is a, a real purpose-built platform for the future. Um, so, you know, I, I think confidence is my main takeaway. And I think confidence, Luke, just quickly, also not just for, say, the technology executives and the, the security people within the organisation, but I believe it was you who raised it earlier, confidence as well for, say, the marketing teams, you know, maybe they'll be friends with the security teams again because they have confidence that I'm complying, I'm doing everything as I'm supposed to by the book, and I'm happy to do it and not create my own uh, workarounds because this is not impacting my productivity. Last but not least, Ravi, your yeah. key takeaway. Well, um, so I, I'm not sure what I can add to, to these gentlemen. Um, they, I think they've covered most things, but uh, I'll draft a little bit off of both. Um, so, you know, as, as, uh, as Philip mentioned, the three things that he considers, you know, there, there were three things that I always considered, uh, you know, in, in the CIO role when I'm looking at the roadmap, looking at application solutions, whatever it may be, right? So first, first and foremost, reliability, right? So it's got to be reliable. Um, you know, it, it, and, and I think, Luke, that kind of speaks to the confidence, right? So you, you'll get confidence if it's reliable. Um, you know, the, the second thing is scalable, right? It's got to be scalable, right? And it's got to be scalable in a way that doesn't require a lot of ongoing investment, ongoing care and feeding, right? So scalability has got to be built in. Uh, and then last, and, you know, certainly most important, it's got to be secure, right? Um, you can't not think about security. And, and arguably, I'm sure my old CISO would tell me, he's like, well, you've got it reverse. You need to start with secure and then go to reliable and go to scalable. But, you know, that is, you know, those are the three things that I think, you know, I, I would always think about. Um, you know, with, with relevance to, to Box as a platform, right? You think about those three things and Box as a platform, um, you know, we're covering that uh, and, and improving and enabling, you know, the productivity while maintaining security, reliability and scalability, mm -hmm. you know, across multiple, you know, a global organizations, right? Um, those are things that as a CIO, if you have box, you don't have to spend a lot of time thinking about and worrying about, right? You can focus on the business value and how do you continue to unlock that business value via the platform? You know, I think lastly, there are two things, you know, I always used to say, uh, you know, digital transformation begins and ends with content, mm. right? And I, it starts, you know, it starts with the plan, that's content, it ends with, a, you know, a, a review, uh, congratulations, certificate, whatever it may be, right? content to celebrate success. Uh, and then the last thing I go is a question I would always ask that if you didn't have email or you lost email, could you continue to collaborate and work as effectively That's if you didn't question. have email, <laughs> right? I mean, and that's, you know, when it get back to, a plat you know, why a platform for content, right? I think a lot of companies would find if you, if you do that kind of review and you think about content and strategy, you're probably going to find email is probably, probably one of the biggest content platforms that you have. Uh, and why is that a problem? You get back to security. The single, you know, the number one avenue for breaches is still email by four, by an order of magnitude, phishing, spear phishing. It is still the venue that, you know, the vector that is used most frequently. 
Yeah. And so, yeah. hey, like, you know, if you start to think about that, okay, content becomes pretty important because one, I probably want to get my content out of there and secure it in a way that, you know, doesn't give keys to the kingdom. And two, if something were to happen there, I can continue to work and collaborate yeah. internally and externally. I think that's a brilliant call out. And, you know, you really highlight an important point there, Ravi, is that the bad guys are preying on the amount of content that we all are anticipating coming into our email and then downloading, uploading, clicking on links, whether it's to review a campaign asset or the like. Um, and what I'm certainly taking away from this conversation is that it certainly sounds like Box is the golden child of, of content oh. cloud management. That's certainly what I'm taking away. Um, and, you know, I, I love the fact that we've um, really focused on content as an integral part of the conversation here because I think, you know, it's something that we probably haven't thought about as much as we need to. Um, and thank you to all of you for joining me today for this important panel discussion with Box on the Reboot Show, Ravi Malik, Philip Yao, Luke Stowe, and thank you to our audience for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Um, we encourage you to go on and uh, online and check out what Box is up to. We'll also be sharing further information with you, and we look forward to seeing you on the next segment of the Reboot Show. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Sally.